When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, Managing Major Podcast listeners? This is Keon Sabani. Coming up is a clip taken from the Thursday Mailbag Podcast that goes up every week exclusively over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid. And it's a 25-minute clip from that one-hour podcast. And this is the section where we talk about Thibaut Courtois' injury. Now, I really hesitated posting this in part because the news has moved so fast since Thursday. So much has happened. Everything from Real just 2-0 win against Athletic in the season opener, which we've already discussed in the post-game show on Saturday night. But also, you know, at the time of this recording, I'm recording this little intro on Sunday at halftime of the Barca game, which is just absolutely crazy over at the Coliseum in Catafe. But uh, obviously today's news was devastating with Eder Militao's ACL injury. Um, It was surreal to have both him and Courtois have the kind of ACL injuries they did in such a short span of time. Two defensive pillars, devastating news. And of course, since Thursday, there's uh, the Kepa situation. Kepa is obviously closer to Real Madrid than he was on Thursday, where we kind of thought it was De Gea. If you want our thoughts on Kepa, Matt and I did that towards the end of Saturday night's post-game show. Nevertheless, I'm posting this for free today because I just thought it would still be of value to those who have not yet listened to our initial raw thoughts on the Courtois injury as it happened in real time. So you get a glimpse of how we dealt with it in real time as it happened the day of and just talking through the goalkeeping options and a little bit more. The full episode is in the show notes. You can click on it. And just some quick housekeeping. On Monday, Lucas and I will talk about a couple things. Militao's injury, potential center-back signings, if Riamjo will actually delve into center-back signings at all. And, of course, the Mbappe uh, news today, which at the time of this recording, he has no, he has not yet signed an extension. And it's unclear whether he will or not he may just end up staying at PSG as expected without signing an extension, but we'll see. That may change. Monday, Lucas and I will tackle both of those topics. So enjoy today's clip, and let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to an unideal edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. It is mailbag day, and myself, Kian Sabani, along with the great Lucas Navarrete, are tasked with the unfortunate reality of navigating a discussion about Real Madrid's upcoming season, which will be without Thibaut Courtois, the 
Belgian goalkeeper, best goalkeeper in the world for the better part of the last three years, left training today with an ACL injury. He left in tears. Those tears quickly became our tears as the worst case scenario was basically confirmed by the club that this is an ACL tear. And Courtois, at best, will be back before the end of the season, but probably not. So we're here to discuss that unfortunate reality. Lucas, I'm not going to ask how are you because that's a silly question. You're miserable just like me. I'll ask you this. What was the first thing that entered your mind? Like what's the first thing that you thought about when you heard the news? There goes our season. <laughs> right uh, right there. It was just... Uh, I thought that the, the season was pretty much hanging by a thread already. If Real Madrid didn't com- weren't completing the signing of Mbappe, which remains to be seen, and we can possibly discuss and, and talk about that later. But uh, to make to make matters uh, definitely worse, uh, Courtois just injured his uh, ACL. There goes our season. Courtois will be 32 when he recovers from from this ACL tear, and that's definitely not what uh, you want to to hear. To me, he was. Quite possibly the team's best player, with the exception of maybe Vinicius. At least from a consistency standpoint, he was uh, saving the team week in and week out for, uh, as you very well mentioned, for the for for a good part of the last three years. So uh, no matter what you do to replace him, which again we will discuss uh, shortly, no matter what you do, you're coming out of this worst, uh, definitely. So. Real Madrid's odds of of being successful this upcoming season took a, a huge hit with a Courtois injury. No matter what you do, again, I, my stages of grief were similar. I was at the gym working out, having a great workout. By the way, like midway through, I was music was on, having a great pump, and then uh, I checked Twitter in between sets. That was a mistake, or maybe it was responsible because I need to know these things. And I saw the news, and I was just like, "Fuck." This is terrible. This is the worst news possible. Um, so the rest of my workout was terrible. And I thought about like, well, my initial thing, my initial thought was this guy is literally a miracle between this between the posts. If it's not for him, everything is just so much worse than it is results-wise. Whether it goes back to the Champions League run, whether it goes back to even losses like Manchester City 4-0 last season, which could have been worse if not for him. The Classico too. The Classico. And there's so many times where we like the entire theme of the preseason has been our defense sucks. And like somewhere in the back of our brains, we're like, well, at least we have Courtois to make up for it. And now that's gone. So that was my initial thing. There's like the sporting aspect of it. Then I thought about like, oh, the human aspect of this is that this really sucks for him and everyone. Like, He's going to be 32 when he comes back. He misses an entire season. Obviously, he's distraught if he's in tears, both physically and emotionally. And I've, I've seen people say, like, hey, man, just relax. Goalkeepers age age differently. Like, that, you're missing the point. He's going to be older. He, like it's, he's not coming back from an ACL injury at, at, at 22. He's going to come back at 32. And it's going to be harder for him to recover at that stage. And even if it's not... It's definitely not going to be easy for him to recover. It's just going to be a really, really difficult process to go through. And then, and then the last thing I thought about was, 
well, what do we do now? <laughs> like, who do we get? All all those things. Um, so why don't we start here, Lucas? This question through Discord from Skip. Skip says, I guess this will now be an emergency core to a podcast. How much confidence do you have in Lunin? Or do you think we need to get someone else quickly? The thing here is that Real Madrid don't have confidence in Lunin. Lunin would be gone by now had Real Madrid received an offer in the 10 million range. Lunin's contract uh, is set to, to expire a year from now and Real Madrid have not made any any significant moves to extend that deal. Real Madrid are not confident in Lunin. Real Madrid do not even want to keep Lunin around for the immediate future. Again, had they received an offer in the 10 million range, he would be gone by now. So what matters now is that Real Madrid do not trust Lunin and Real Madrid will explore the market uh, in the upcoming weeks to replace Courtois. Obviously, they will have to face the season opener at San Mamés with, uh, with Lunin. They'll be forced to do that. But uh, after that, I think that Real Madrid will move very quickly because they don't feel they can trust uh, Lunin for, to, to replace Courtois on a consistent basis. They kind of trusted him to take on the backup goalkeeper role in case something happened to Courtois two weeks, three weeks maybe. But now that Real Madrid are facing the entirety of the season without uh, without Courtois, they definitely feel like Lunin cannot get the job done. I think it's a correct assessment, by the way, uh, per me personally, even though obviously he had a lot of potential when we first signed him. But uh, this is what Real Madrid are going to do, explore the, the market. De Gea is definitely... Uh, the. I just tweeted that he's not only plan A, he's also plan B, C, D, and possibly E for Madrid right now. He's seen as a good market opportunity. Whether you agree with that or not, doesn't matter. This is just what Real Madrid are going to do at the moment. Well, Real Madrid have had success with market opportunity goalkeepers recently with Thibaut Courtois, who was who was not at his best at Chelsea, nor, right. nor in his first year at Real Madrid. And then he became just freaking phenomenal. You would hope that maybe that happens with De Gea because, quite honestly, does not excite me. Does not move the needle. But like, I'm beggars can't be choosers. Like, I can't sit here and 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 cry about like not signing prime Buffon in a situation where Courtois just got injured midsummer. Like, you have to get somebody. It's it's better than nobody. Um, you would still take the Gea over Lunin, though. Yeah, I I I would. All right, all right. Like, I, I yeah. would. I mean, I I. I mean, I would go with both. You know, I, I would definitely not go in with only Lunin. So, right. Yeah, I think you're insane if you're tackling the season only with Lunin and, and the Castilla goalkeeper or the right. juvenile goalkeeper. I think you're insane if, if yeah, that's your plan. We can we can agree on maybe the hand not being exciting. Although I think he's become kind of a meme and kind of a rambling joke on Twitter and social media. Possibly rightfully so. I mean, we've all seen his mistakes and all that, but I don't think his true level is that uh, terrible uh, week in and week out. I think he can definitely do a better job than Lunin. I've seen some takes from people saying, that, oh, if, if the Gea is our target, then we should just start Lunin. Lunin is better than the Gea. No, he's not. He's not. Oh, well, people are just trying to cope, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, with the Gea is very hot and cold 
Like he can go through some right. brutal streaks of many, many mistakes that are just basic fundamental things a goalkeeper should be doing. But then he can also pull off miracle saves out of his ass. And Courtois was obviously like on another level of consistency and you can't even compare the two. But I guess luckily for us, luckily, that's, this is a terrible situation. I don't even want to use words like that. But goalkeeper, the goalkeepers on the market right now will probably not cost you a fortune. De Gea is a free agent. You know, you just have to agree on a salary with him, assuming that he is ready to compromise on, on that regard with what he was making at Manchester United. Um, the other names which we can get to in a second will not be that expensive, apart from like Kepa, who I've seen been mentioned, and he's um, you know, probably the most expensive of the bunch. Like maybe if you if it's 20 million or whatever the ballpark is, and that that's probably like your worst. That's like probably the most you're paying for a goalkeeper this summer, I think. Um, for whoever you get. I guess before we get... sorry for interrupting here no, about Kepa real quick mm-hmm. about Kepa. What I heard is that Real Madrid were kind of exploring this possibility as a loan option. Okay. You know, he's not obviously an undisputed starter for Chelsea and all that. Real Madrid want a short term, of course, uh, solution. They don't yeah. want they don't want Bono. They don't want Mamardashvili. I mean, I um, they've been considered, but they are not a priority because they know that Courtois is going to be an undisputed starter when he comes back. That, also, that's the reason why the Gea will not be offered a five year deal. You know, they don't want a competition between the Gea and Courtois for the starting spot when Courtois comes back. They just want a short term solution. Obviously, it's kind of risky for the Gea to take a one year deal. I expect some kind of compromise to be reached. But in terms of Kepa, his name was being explored and considered as, as, a, as a loan option. Yeah. Well, Kepa is, again, none of, I just want to point out none of these goalkeepers are ideal to have. Um, as a downgrade to Courtois, they're just, but they're options. Um, and I think I've kind of ranked them in my mind as to like from best to worst in some sense. But um, Kepa is interesting at least because you know he is he is a goalkeeper who would probably accept being a backup when Courtois comes back because he is not a guaranteed starter right now at Chelsea. Same with uh, uh, David Raya, who has been floated around. Uh, I really know little about him, and I don't think that's an actual realistic option, but um, Arsenal already have their starting goalkeeper, and so maybe maybe Raya would look at, at that and, and be like, well, uh, if I'm going to be a backup, I might as well be a starter for like seven, eight months until Courtois comes back. So like those, those options like with clubs that have two good goalkeepers – uh, the the market opportunity makes sense to me for all parties. That was my question to you, though, initially, and you kind of answered it, but I'll, I guess I'll just reframe it. Will, would David De Gea accept a short-term deal? What do you mean by short-term? One year? Yeah, one year. I expect him to, I expect him to demand maybe one, an additional one, even if that means years. being a backup. The, the following season, even if that, I mean, he would definitely have to accept being a backup, but, you know, he he would probably gamble and bet on him, on himself to play well this season. And then, oh, maybe all of a sudden Courtois' confidence isn't there when he comes back and, you know, 
Everything can happen. Everything can happen. Maybe, I mean, this is a possibility. This is a possibility we, we need to acknowledge and, and face and brace ourselves for. I think that there is a possibility Courtois struggles with confidence on that leg when he comes back. So kind of, I expect De Gea to demand at least an additional year, kind of gambling and betting on him on himself for the for the not so distant future in this case. I don't I don't see this becoming a one year deal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, De Gea is not, he's not the worst backup goalkeeper to have, obviously, if he, if he accepts that role in two years when Courtois comes back. But I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I think it's an uncomfortable conversation to have right now, but we don't know how Courtois will come back from this, you know? Um, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt at the same of time, course. though. Of course. Exactly. Of, of course you do. But you just never know, I guess is my Absolutely. Point. Absolutely. Um, you're, who this is who I because I'm I'm looking at all these names that were floated around and and as you reported, if if De Gea is Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, Plan E, then I don't. You said possibly Plan E, so there's hope. So let's go for Plan E. Uh, if that's the case, then a lot of this conversation may become irrelevant. But I was kind of weighing these names. De Gea not exciting just in a vacuum from a pure sporting perspective but maybe more realistic because he's a free agent he may accept a short-term deal he's a veteran bonu is a more exciting goalkeeper to sign for me but i think there's two things with him one is that he has to go to the african cup of nations mid-season. right crucial uh so like you already let that's that's, uh, that's hard that's uh, if you need someone to fill in for all those months. And then there's also the fact that Sevilla will be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> you need our starting goalkeeper? You think this guy's going to be cheap? <laughs> um, I just don't see that going down well. The one that is at the top of my list is Lavakovic. I love what I saw from him in the World Cup. Uh, Zagreb are already preparing to sell him this summer. He is a free agent next summer. The deal with Fenerbahce has seemed to have broken down because Lavakovic was going there. His anal- advanced analytics are fantastic. How he old would- is he? He is uh, 28. I don't know. I have trouble seeing these guys accepting maybe not these guys accepting, but Real Madrid kind of 
committing to these guys while these guys are still in their primes when Courtois recovers from his injury, you know? Well, if I'm Levakovic, I see this as an opportunity to be like, well, Courtois is coming back. I'm going to have the season of my life. I'm going into <laughs> God mode. And when Courtois comes back, you guys are going we'll to have to have some uncomfortable conversation because I'm amazing, which is a good problem to have, obviously. Like, you know, um, and it's yeah, more they, exciting they, to do that than to go to Fenerbahce or Celtic, which are the two clubs he's rumored to go to. Right. But at the same time, I think that Real Madrid want to avoid having these uncomfortable conversations you just uh, mentioned, you know, that well, suck it up Real to Madrid. avoid this. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But Real Madrid want to handle the keys to Courtois as soon as he comes back and want to avoid any kind of fuss, any kind of competition for the... Any kind of pressure at the same time to Courtois, you know? They don't want to feel... They don't want him to feel the pressure when he comes back of having to earn his spot once again. I mean, and that's pro that's probably what should happen. I mean, this is football we're talking about, you know? This is competitive football we're talking about. But at the same time, they realize that a healthy Courtois cannot be beaten by, by by any of these guys. They have they have faith in his recovery, and they want to avoid having uncomfortable uh, discussions and conversations when when Courtois comes back from his injury. Even though, again, we should probably acknowledge the possibility of him not being as confident on on that leg for at least for a few months. I uh, to me the the, the whole. The whole his the most uh, optimistic scenario, the best case scenario here, Courtois will be back in April. To me, it's nonsense. In a in a position as based in confidence as as the goalkeeper one, to me this this is complete and complete nonsense. I don't think Courtois will rush. Well, not rush, but I don't think Courtois will be back for one month. When you know goalkeepers need momentum, they need confidence they need to feel they're 150 percent ready to take on the challenge to me this is not uh, something that uh, Courtois is going to have on the back of his mind and, and I don't think Real Madrid will either I think that the season is is over for him I think that's the way they have to plan for it anyway absolutely um, but it's it's tough I don't know like it's just kind of a bummer man this whole thing this whole discussion but I don't know. What My, do you think about Mamardashvili, though? Um, Valencia are a free market. I mean, Valencia would take the 15, 20 million for sure. Problem is, once again, Real Madrid might be facing uncomfortable discussions and conversations when Courtois comes back if, if Mamardashvili is the goalkeeper and he performs well this season. And this is something Real Madrid want to avoid. But what do you think about him? Well, uh, he does not excite me as the other names like Bonu and uh, Livakovic. And quite frankly, I still... Like, he's just not my favorite person after the whole Vinicius thing at the Mestalla because he, he was one of those... Um, one of the Valencia players. Well, basically the whole squad apart from um, Clivert, I think, which was just way off that game. Um, I don't know. Doesn't excite me. And by the way, he's he's um he's twenty two. 
So does yeah, he yeah. fit doesn't into fit that the category? Timeline. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He definitely fits. Everyone fits into that category, with the exception of, of the hair. But um, as someone who was rooting for Valencia to get relegated all season long, let me tell you that guy got me frustrated uh, for for the last few weeks of the season. He pretty much single-handedly saved uh, Valencia from relegation. I can tell you that much. I think to be in terms of pure quality. I think he would be the most exciting to me, but in terms of, uh, you know, the timeline uh, doesn't fit at all. I like Levakovic and Bonu more than Ma- mm-hmm. Mavarash Dili. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced his name. <laughs> um, I know your opinion on this already, but I'm just for entertainment value because I saw your tweet. What What do you think of Kaylor Navas? To me, this is uh, this should not even be an option. In my opinion, that's the one name which forces me to say I'd rather start Lunin. Mm. That's a pretty much the one and only name that forces me to to go into that direction. I mean, it, he's thirty eight, I think. Thirty six. Oh, thirty six. Well, he's younger than I than I thought, but still, he's way into his decline. He was a goalkeeper who relied a lot on his uh, on his uh, physical attributes. I think his instincts weren't that great, so um, I would want no part in in that kind of deal for Navas. I agree. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, hear you hear you say it on the podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much to say about it. Like I think we've said everything that needs to be said. What did we miss anything about Courtois and the discussion surrounding it? I don't think so. Just uh, right now, the only way for De Gea not to be Real Madrid's goalkeeper in the upcoming season is if he all of a sudden demands a salary similar to the one he was getting in in Manchester, mm. and also a three or four year deal. I don't, I don't expect him to to start the negotiations with Real Madrid in such way. And the only way which would prevent him to to defend Real Madrid's goal next season would be if he were to take that kind of uh, approach with his agent. If he's somewhat reasonable with his demands, I think it's pretty much uh, done from what I've from what I've heard. I think Real Madrid expect uh, to to reach an agreement for him. Uh, fairly quickly as soon as they open the negotiations. Is he getting like he's uh, is there a club that would actually give him a, a long-term contract with a high salary? Because I don't I don't think there is. I don't think so. Maybe he's waiting for alternatives Saudi? from from uh, Saudi Arabia. I think he, he, he probably already has offers from there considering the way they've been handling offers everywhere so he's probably waiting to see if he gets an offer from an elite club before taking on that uh, route but uh, and rightfully so because he might as well get that uh, that offer from Real Madrid because he waited I think but uh, I don't in, in if we're talking elite football the answer is no definitely yeah um I yeah listen De Gea plus Lunin heading into next season is um Better than just Lunin. I I didn't ask you this though. I forgot. Do you think Lunin's future changes now? 
with regards to like as you mentioned earlier that if Real had gotten a decent offer for him they would they would um they would sell him do you think that that's changed now like they will they will keep him just as a uh, an insurance policy i mean i Real Madrid were not hopeful about receiving that offer now. I mean, it, it, they seemed uh, accepting to be accepting the fact that he was going to stay. So I don't, I don't think the situation will change. I think he's going to be the backup goalkeeper. I also thought he was going to be the backup goalkeeper because he was not getting the offers Real Madrid wanted. So I don't I don't think the the situation would change in this regard. Real Madrid were waiting for an offer that wasn't coming anyway. So I don't think that would change now. Yeah. So just uh, just some quick names here. I'm gonna throw this is just basically for fun. Here are goalkeepers expiring next summer. David Raya. What a terrific season in. Uh, in the lower divisions, valued at thirty million on transfer market. Uh, Livakovic, Manuel Neuer, who is reportedly never the same, is never going to be the same again because of his injury. Uh, Andre Lunin expires next summer. Taylor Navas expires next summer. Although. He's he's uh that's just he's attainable now yeah yeah it's just yeah that's just his contract. Hugo Lloris expires next summer. David Ospina. Wow, Rico, who <laughs> is, is he active? Yeah, I mean he's not. Uh, I mean I just brought up an injured Sergio Rico. Um, yeah, Sergio Rico's in hospital still. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this summer, these two names will blow your mind. David. Och- <laughs> David Ochoa, <laughs> who's still playing, and Samir Handanovic, 39 years old. Wow. So Joe Hart expiring next summer. <laughs> Value we're, we're in 2011. Million. I didn't I didn't notice. Ospina, Ochoa, Neuer, Lloris. We're in 2011. Diego Lopez expires this summer. Wow, too, definitely we're in old. 2011. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great era. Diego Lopez, 2012. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's transition to other questions. Uh, did you want to just update us on Arda Guler? Was another piece of bad news? He's getting surgery. Exactly. Yeah, he, he just tackled it. He's getting surgery. That cautious approach Real Madrid took with him hasn't worked uh, to perfection. It hasn't met uh, expectations in this regard, and he's uh, going to have surgery. Obviously, estimated time of recovery hasn't been discussed or disclosed. Real Madrid are not possibly thinking uh, about this anyway. They will not rush him in any case because obviously his potential is a uh, his huge ca- career and potential is uh, at stake here if he's not treated properly. But uh, yeah, he's just getting surgery. The cautious approach didn't work. All right, let's move into other questions. Sheikh Atiri says, if that guy ends up coming, what are your predictions for the front three's goal tallies? And what if he doesn't? Relatedly, since Nasr al-Khalafi is desperate to sell him, can the godfather cook a deal to also get Atraf? Would you guys pay $275 million for him and Atraf together? 
What do you think a good price for the two of them together is? Sports Social Podcast Network.